branding isn't just about being pretty and it isn't also just about serving a purpose. It's all about like reinforcing like brand identity. Interior designers and like home renovators and stuff. So they kind of had like some level of creativity, whereas this is the first like big corporate um, job that I'd had. Yeah. You know, um, Louis Theroux? Oh my God, sorry, my mic's gonna die. That's right, it's fine. Welcome to the Creative Community Worldwide Podcast from Collective Culture. My name's Alex, and for anyone who doesn't know, Collective Culture is a new free-to-access and be a part of worldwide creative collective, multimedia and events brand based in Southeast London, offering opportunities and starting projects with creatives from anywhere and everywhere. You can find out more on our newly launched website and networking platform, www.collectiveculture.com. In the podcast, we'll be talking to people I find really interesting, some already involved in collective culture and others who aren't, generally focused around the life of modern day creatives, the creative industry, but also just venturing off into other random topics along the way. In this episode, the second of the series, I had the pleasure of talking to graphic designer Sarah Ellen. We spoke about her career so far, the random situations you can find yourself in whilst being an upcoming freelancer, what branding means for a business, and female entrepreneurship and why it's so important. Just so you know, I had a few issues with recording the sound that day, so you may hear some transitions between the sound on the video conferencing software we were using and my microphone. Enjoy! So we're joined today uh, by Sarah Ellen. Um, Do you want to talk about yourself a little bit and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a freelance creative, we call it, because there's not really any like defining job role. Um, but I specialize in graphic design and branding. Uh, but I also have a background in fashion, so that's like what I studied and stuff. And I've had uh, a little bit of experience in the industry. Uh, but more nowadays, I work especially with like female entrepreneurs, small business owners, um, that kind of thing. And I'm also the art editor of a women's magazine, which is like a monthly print publication. And yeah, that's it. I mean, like every month is different because I'm just constantly doing different uh, projects, but it's really good. Amazing. What kind of like got you into um, like graphic design, branding, illustration? So I, this is quite funny, actually. So when I was like, did you ever have Bebo? Um, I, do you know what? Of all the people my age, I didn't actually have it, but all of my friends had it, yeah, I remember. Bebo is obviously like a social platform back in the day. I think it was just after MySpace. Um, it was kind of like MSN dates. So I was literally about 12 years old. And my dad does a little bit of photography, photography sorry. So he had um, like a knockoff version of Photoshop called PaintShop Pro, which was like 80 quid or whatever and like revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. And I used to enter Bebo competitions where you'd get given an image and you'd have to like, it, so it'd be like, like an, an image of a woman, you'd have to edit makeup on her. Or I would uh, enter competitions where you'd have to like make your own Bebo skins. So like 12 year old me was sat there like on my horrendous computer, like, you know, like the dial up ones for Wi-Fi, yeah. And <laughs> sat there like editing horrendous makeup onto um, these poor women's faces. <laughs> and it kind of started there. But then I went, when I was at, um, college I was going to go and be a hairdresser because when we were in like year 10 and 11 so I was about 15 16 I did something called travel to learn so like two days a week and oh no it was one day a week I think instead of doing like GCSEs I went to a salon and like went and I like did hairdressing which was like the most random thing to do at GCSE but um while I was there I got really close with a girl that was really into fashion mm-hmm. and when it came to going to college she was like 
you're not going to go to college and do hairdressing. Like I can guarantee you'll be bored within like half an hour. So she signed me up for fashion design instead. So the most random thing, I ended up going to do fashion design and I went to uni to do it for a year as well. Realized actually I was horrendous at making clothes. So <laughs> I switched, uh, switched courses um, and went on to fashion communication styling with like a specialism in art direction. Uh, which was really amazing and it was more doing like magazine layouts and stuff and like when I was at school we weren't really told that you could go and do like graphic design was definitely a thing but I didn't really know it was either like you do fashion design you make clothes or you be a graphic designer yeah which we would never really push down that road so I never trained in what I currently do I just had um some some experience from uni and then ended up going freelance and basically learn it all on the job <laughs> brilliant did you did you learn using like photoshop and stuff like that or what what like what uh, what platforms yeah, do you use so i use creative cloud now um obviously because of paint using paint shop when i was younger i knew how to use photoshop because they're really similar like they they work exactly the same way so i've used that since i was like 12 mm -hmm. um and then i taught myself uh, in design when I changed courses because they'd already learned it all in the first year and I went straight into the second year and uh, we learned like bits of illustrator and stuff as well because you have to do tech drawings when you're um, doing fashion design so yeah creative cloud I just live on now basically and I just teach myself I taught myself Premiere Pro recently as well and I'm hoping to do After Effects as well yeah after effects is like the thing isn't it my um yeah i've i well not that i'm in any way on your level of design and stuff like that but yeah i sort of like taught myself the basics of photoshop and um premiere pro and um yeah it's been like the best thing i've done because it's me it's meant that i've not had to like for stuff i've been doing whether it be music or like collective culture it's meant i've not had to like pay people to do stuff for me i've been able to sort of most most part for the most part you know make stuff myself um yeah i had a look at your um your website and uh, first of all like your your branding and design is phenomenal really really good i was really really impressed um that's all right and um yeah like i thought one thing that really struck me was the the sort of wide spectrum of stuff you do um from you know sort of very sort of kind of uh i don't know what you'd say sort of like quite sort of like slick uh brand uh kind of content to sort of more sort of on the artsy side of stuff as well um especially like i saw that magazine you worked on and i saw you worked as like a sort of uh is 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 the casting director role is that for that magazine or is that something separate because you did it for paul isaac was it yeah so that's totally different so that's like more on the fashion side of things we had to do like a placement at uni basically and this is when I was still very much like wanted to go into the fashion industry mm -hmm. and I just left um a internship that was very like devil wears Prada like a huge magazine yeah. that wasn't great and I just left and I was like oh fashion is not for me kind of thing and then uh Paul the casting director he got in touch with the uni because he used to go to the uni I went to and was like I need someone to help me with like fashion week and stuff and um basically went and interviewed with him and his assistant who's now the one of the main producers of the company um to basically just help them out do like really really simple things uh this is when I was like this must have been about five years ago mm -hmm. so he's the casting director and we like kind of come in and assist him and it started off as um 
being like London Fashion Week and then every now and again we do like commercial jobs and then he also ended up taking me to Milan for Fashion Week so I used to go oh, twice wow. a year with him literally amazing um and it it kind of it developed from being an internship to being like a paid position as well it was always freelance always on a freelance basis yeah um but he but yeah, he's just so amazing. I have literally nothing but lovely words. That he's kind of the person that changed my opinion again about the fashion industry because it wasn't like you're an intern, you go make coffee and stuff. It was very much like we'd walk into like huge sets like that I was completely out of my depth on. And he'd be like, this is Sarah, my assistant. And he'd introduce me to every single person on the team, which That's was brilliant. just yeah. like... It's what you need, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because it's so daunting to work, like walk into situations like that anyway. And there's such a like old school hierarchy thing yeah. within the fashion industry so he kind of really changed that which was amazing um but he yeah so he works he does production and stuff as well now he's still my client to this day so I've had a full-time job since so we weren't able to work together during that time but he's kind of like the only fashion work that I do now mm -hmm. because uh, we do like campaigns and stuff. We don't do fashion week so much now because it's a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. A lot of gain. Um, but yeah, like to this day, still have him as a client, one of my favorite clients. And um, I'm sure we'll work together for years to come as well. He's have nothing but good words to say about him. I'd never actually heard of the role casting director. What like, what exactly is it? And what did it kind of teach you um, especially regarding the fact that you do a lot of like different stuff? Basically a casting director gets hired by um, a brand or a production company or whoever it is that's doing the hiring on a particular job. And it could be like a campaign or a show or whatever, but they are the um, kind of like the middleman between the agency, like a model agency, sorry, and uh, the client. So they, we hold like huge castings. We'd have like, if we were doing a show, for example, you'd have like 300 girls come in over two days or whatever. And that's because the casting director has sent out a brief. And then we come and it's really surreal, actually, because all of these models turn up and they're like six foot, like absolutely insanely stunning. And they come with like their portfolios and stuff. And then they literally how it goes is they give their book to the casting director or to one of the assistants and they just walk for you so, they, so you're just like can you do a walk <laughs> and it's just the most normal thing like but it's really weird when you look back at it you're like they were just walking for us <laughs> and they literally walk to the end of the room come back and then that was it and then you just like if you wanted to book them you go through the agency and say i want them for this day and it all works on options and stuff and that sort of things is Ugh. is um oh, that sounds more admin stuff <laughs> oh my god it's so <laughs> stressful especially in fashion weeks and it's so crazy because they only do it like two days before the show because all the girls and boys fly in from whatever fashion week they've just come from and then they fly out again so Milan was straight after London so they'd literally be going like straight after the shows out to Milan and then we'd see them all out there as well um but yeah that's basically what a casting director does um I say like it's like nothing but it's so much stress <laughs> yeah I know it sounds it yeah no it's yeah I think yeah. um that's something I think I can see in a lot of your work that you've had a lot of like different experience doing working in different like industries and stuff. Um, I think it really reflects in your work. Yeah. Um, and like I saw that you um, really helped um, a particular brand, the influential me, kind of like reinvigorate themselves um, as a brand. Where do you kind of see the role of an illustrator, sort of content creator, 
and like in the way of like brand asset creation um in like the evolution of a brand michelle is um one of my first like more corporate clients so i'd always worked with um more not necessarily creative but kind of creative clients like my clients were like personal stylists and um interior designers and like home renovators and stuff so they kind of had like some level of creativity whereas this is the first like big corporate um job that i'd had yeah and michelle's actually based in um barcelona and i got referred to her through a client in germany who referred me through london so it went like really around the world without even realizing so i've never met michelle i've never met most of my clients actually but um yeah i think it's so important because i don't think people realize especially people that aren't creative there's kind of like two ways either people want really pretty things and they're like yeah i want my brand to look really pretty yeah. and they can kind of on that like base level of like aesthetic appreciate good design or there's just people like no i just need something that serves a purpose when actually was a, like a massive middle ground because i yeah. think branding isn't just about being pretty and it isn't also just about serving a purpose it's all about like reinforcing like brand identity and like your clients or your customers um association with the brand through visual yeah and through so much more through like tone of voice and assets and things like that so it definitely plays a big role so there's definitely two ends of the scale where you can get like more corporate people that aren't as interested in it looking pretty or they don't think that something that looks pretty would appeal to a certain their customer or whatever because yeah. they think no we're like in corporate i'm not going to be taken seriously that's one of the conversations i had with michelle she was like my brand serves a purpose but i don't actually like it because <laughs> she was like it's not not my taste at all yeah. so we found a really nice middle ground where it's like it serves the purpose still but actually can be really pretty and you can like it and it can still speak to your customer without like alienating anyone it doesn't have to be really masculine or really yeah. traditionally corporate or boring basically <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. yeah i um i see so many like brands and companies who are kind of not necessarily sort of digital brands who are sort of more like you know traditional like you know maybe it's like restaurants pubs things like this and you can see how like how much they neglect not all but a lot like neglect um their kind of branding and and yeah that kind of area of the business and you you sort of think to yourself like how much more how many like more customers and how how much better they would do if they like just sat down with like a decent brand creator do you know what I mean like a uh, sort of content creator I'm, yeah i'm literally that person now like i'll be walking around like the high street or whatever with my flatmate and i'm like oh my god look at that sign like what is that, why is that sign like that like, <laughs> i'm literally like i'll just do it for free just so it looks pretty like <laughs> the high street look a bit nicer in this segment of the podcast we discuss female entrepreneurship why it's so important and the difficulties faced by women in all walks of professional life the topic you kind of wanted to talk a bit about was female entrepreneurship um and i saw that you like you obviously collaborate as you said at the start and um, you can see like on, on your website that you collaborate with a lot of like small female businesses um why do you see this as kind of like important work and where do you kind of see female entrepreneurs in the sort of wider world of business it's weird actually because i never intentionally was like i'm gonna work with females like that's what i'm gonna do kind of thing 
they I just I think because of my style especially like we came to each other kind of thing like a lot of my style is slightly more feminine so a lot of female entrepreneurs would prefer me over whereas a male might not necessarily like my style as much which is fine that's very stereotypical like on the top line but um yeah I think it's so important though because I kind of like where I come from it's very much like gender roles are very traditional and it's like you know the, the guy goes and makes the money and stuff and then the girl like kind of sits at home and makes babies and that and cleans the house which is so fine but just not for me <laughs> like yeah. I'm very progressive in that I think that you know it should be equal for men and women and I'm also very aware of the fact that we haven't achieved that yet mm-hmm. and there's so many there's so many statistics and I don't know off the top of my head so I'm not going to try and pull them up and be corrected probably in the comments but um, <laughs> there's a lot of statistics about like female business owners compared to male business owners and also the the gender pay gap there's like a massive thing where so many people would be like oh no but if I apply for a job you'll get paid the same as a female but that's that's not how the gender pay gap works it's actually that so many less females are in higher positions within companies or so less females are so less likely to take the risk to um apply actually create their own business yeah or to apply in the first place yeah because there's it's way more common I think for females to suffer with like imposter syndrome and to be like actually I'm not good enough for this or you know I don't have like the balls to do it or a lot of the time it might come down to the fact that actually they have kids to care for and stuff so that they can't it's just traditionally obviously that a woman would look after the children a little bit more so they would have to consider things like that and be like you know I can't just quit my job and hope for the best for the business mm-hmm. whereas it may be a little bit easier for males to to do that or I don't know there's that whole thing as well of like um I don't know if you've seen the video of the little girl and I think she's like five years old or something and she goes into like Asda George or whatever and there's their t-shirts and she says, like, why do all the boys' T-shirts say, like, adventure on them and stuff? And then all the girls' T-shirts say, like, oh, I'm pretty. She's like, well, what if I want to be adventurous? Like, and it's so true. Like, that's that's a really simplistic way to look at it. But I do feel like women are always encouraged to be yeah, more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, exactly. And less adventurous, less, like, risk-taking and stuff. And also get taken a lot less seriously within business. So... Yeah, I think female entrepreneurship is so important. And I love, like, love to see when women are, like, winning and, like, absolutely smashing it and taking mm-hmm. risks and, like, the head of their teams and stuff. That's that's really important to me. Yeah, I um, it j- just came back to me, actually. I watched a documentary um, on Netflix a few months ago, um, a series of short documentaries, and one of them was about um, the gender pay gap in, in... Well, this was in America, but it applies, obviously, everywhere. They had done some studies um and basically what hap- what like what tends to happen in a lot of cases that like what they found was that like when like women and men would kind of in in for example in the same maybe like corporate company would sort of like yeah. climb the ladder at the same pace a lot of the time and then like women would get to like the age where they'd want to have children and then the, the yeah men would sort of climb the ladder way faster because they wouldn't necessarily have the support yeah and like the women are maybe expected to take the time off rather than the men so it's not like the child's the yeah no totally it's that was something i was discussing with one of my clients the other day actually um and we were talking about 
like eventually I'd be having kids or whatever and I was like I really I know in my head that I have to get to a certain place in my career first Mm. so that I then don't lose the groundwork that I've made to have children whereas I don't think necessarily my future partner would have to think like that Mm -hmm. it probably would more would more just be like okay I can like carry on working or whatever which yeah that that totally suits some people and there is no judgment on that behalf but it is a bit crazy that it's presumed yeah of course and yeah especially nowadays yeah yeah exactly Um, who are some like sort of female entrepreneurs who really inspire you do you think okay the list is like endless but one of the ones probably quite an obvious one is uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Grace Beverly I've heard the name I can't think what she does though so she's the founder of um a fitness app called shreddy and also um tala which is like a a sustainable fitness wear brand for women and she basically um during university she went to oxford university and during that she started up founded both of these companies she's younger than me i think and she's like a multi-millionaire now like she's made so much money it's insane and um yeah just everything that she does and the way that she's so strict like she's bringing out a book now I think she's 23 maybe she might be older now but she's really super young and I follow her on Instagram and literally like obsessed with everything that she does so she's an amazing one um obviously you've got like Patricia Bright don't follow her as much but still amazing like the things that she does and like the financial talks and stuff that she has is amazing um and there's another girl as well she's got a slightly smaller following called uh Sarah Akwesombe and she runs something called the Noble Business School. And she's someone that, um, she founded this, this school, which basically sells courses for, it's men and women, but um, founded the school that sells courses to talk you through business with no bullshit, basically. Mm-hmm. And she also has like a massive personal brand as well. So she's bought out a book and stuff. And she like really opens up the conversation on like money mindset and about, talking about money and women making money and like how it's not like a dirty word yeah yeah. um and there's one more actually now i just said that i just realized um i think her name's steph sword williams i think that's the name it's definitely steph and she runs a platform called fuck being humble which is like mainly again aimed at women entrepreneurs um female entrepreneurs and she basically talks about how self-promotion isn't a dirty word and that we're so often like told to like downplay things that we're doing really well especially like as women uh but also as men like you don't ever want to be seen as bragging or whatever but and it's she just talks about how actually like you should put yourself out there as much as you want like and she does it in a really amazing way i completely relate to that even as a guy i completely relate to that like what you sort of that like um concept of uh, what you say is what you become kind of thing or like what you think is what you become yeah. like yeah thinking positively yeah. for positively about yourself especially if you're especially if you're an entrepreneur or if like you're you know yeah. trying to work alone on something like your mindset is so important it really is because there is no one there to like give you a pat on the back <laughs> at the end of the day like there's no manager to be like have a raise like, exactly you're doing exactly. that for yourself <laughs> exactly uh do you believe that there's kind of some sort of pattern or formula to becoming like a successful entrepreneur um or like for example would you say there are some sort of particular techniques or skills which help with becoming like a successful entrepreneur 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a successful entrepreneur yet, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. But one day when I do become one. <laughs> no, but like... No, I think... Well, no, no, I was going to say, but like, but you're... Like, obviously, you, you may not have been doing it for super long, but, like, you, you obviously, like, have a really solid brand. Your stuff is really good, and you're, you know, you're well on your way to that. So, like, what, yeah, what, I mean, obviously, you're doing something that's working. So, like, what would you say that is, would you say? I think um, it's really difficult because I'm very, very fortunate. Like, not many people get to freelance full-time, especially mm. this early in their career. But, um so I wouldn't say like go and quit your job and everything and hope for the best but I was in a position where I'd left my previous job and um it kind of actually all happened by accident my end game was always to be freelance and I was like I know that that's what I want to do like at all I'd been working with Paul for years and I'd see the way that he like lives and the way that he does stuff and I was like that is how I want to be I want to have like my own thing so that was always in the back of my mind but um yeah I, I completely accidentally went freelance but it has worked out quite well I think one thing I always used to say was like every single opportunity that you get just take like even if you don't like I never thought that I wanted to work for the casting director I thought that I wanted to make magazines so I left a magazine internship and ended up with a casting director which in some people's head would be a backward step because it's not in line with what I wanted to do in the future but actually it's been one of the most amazing steps I ever took because I was introduced to so many people I now have had a client of over five years like I think yeah and just put your all into everything like I heard the saying and I don't know if I agree with it or not but it's not about being the best at what you do but it's about working the hardest yeah not that I'm trying to like glamorize overworking or anything either mm. but definitely like if you put your mind to something there's nothing saying you can't do it like you know, like Grace, she was studying at Oxford for the day. I think she was doing like law as well. Like it was like a small degree. And then she founded two companies accidentally because her um, her student loan didn't come through. So she was like, shit, I need nine grand by next term. Like, where am I going to get it? So she made like 80K accidentally. I was like, okay, I have a business now. Not bad. But I definitely think, yeah, no, honestly. But yeah, talk to anyone that you can talk to. Like take every opportunity you can get. Um, and yeah, just like believe in yourself. I think that's like a big thing. Like I really struggle with imposter syndrome, but I've been lucky enough to work with so many amazing clients that have given me the opportunities to do things. And I do sometimes look back and I'm like, Oh my God, I did that. Like I actually did that. <laughs> and like the client was so happy with it. So I obviously can do it. Like, I think just, yeah, keep pushing forward. I don't think there's a blueprint for it necessarily. And this is obviously coming from like a service-based business person. I'm not, I've never done product-based. So that I presume is, there's so much more investment like um, at the forefront. So like, obviously if you're planning to put out products, you need to pay for your marketing and you need to pay for the actual products, um, manufacturing and stuff. There's so much more investment. So you obviously would have to, way up your risk and there's like smaller profit margins on things like that so that is definitely a different ball game altogether but service wise I mean just put yourself out there just do it like literally just do it <laughs> no yeah I completely agree I completely agree like I think so many people sort of spend so much of their life kind of thinking about doing something and thinking about doing something but never actually sort of getting up and doing it because it yeah. feels scary to do stuff doesn't it like to like do, especially on your own yeah, because there's always that kind of fear of failure, isn't there? But 
I think if you are in like a cushy full-time position as well like I can't ever imagine it just being like fuck it I'm just gonna try and like leave my full-time job and yeah. hope for the best like I can totally understand why that would not be a thing and that you'd want to stay in your full-time job but I think that's why a lot of people have side hustles to start with but I would just I was in the position where I was like I need to make money so and I didn't want to go full-time so I was like I guess I'm doing this then I, I was also really fortunate though because the when I interviewed with my first um freelance client she was like I had a couple of full-time interviews lined up as well at some really amazing companies and she turned around to me and was basically like I really don't want you to take the full-time jobs I really really want you to come and work with me because we ended up having like a three-hour zoom call or something and we really really got on and she was like if you go freelance I will get you clients and I was like okay this is a massive risk like I'm literally like throwing interviews here like really good companies full-time positions like nice salaries like doing what I wanted to do but I was like yeah fuck it I'm gonna do it like <laughs> and she did she got me clients That's, like I lived off referrals for the first six months with no website so I was really fortunate yeah yeah so fortunate it's brilliant I um one thing in particular that I really actually liked about your brand was um your your Instagram like I really feel like you've really like honed down your kind of style like it's really cool because you you don't have like necessarily um like not everything on your page is like the same color or the same kind of design but you've got it's like clearly done by you do you know what I mean I think I think that's something that like especially as a graphic designer I mean I'm not a graphic designer myself but when I see people who are doing well in graphic design that's like a characteristic I find like that really helps them is having that very like specific style it obviously you know you can do loads of different stuff but having that kind of specific yeah. style that that kind of like signature style if you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah. no I appreciate that thank you I am um, I'm so pedantic about things like that like I plan like I think this is probably why I don't post that much is because I'm so like I could spend a whole day every week just like planning content to make sure it looks like 100 what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. I um I really struggled with that at first that's why I didn't make a website because I was like I've got all of these different clients and they don't look anything like one another and it's just gonna look horrendous on a website and then I got um when the pandemic hit in March last year and we all obviously got signed up work and stuff I was already freelancing at that point and already working from home anyway. Um, but a lot of my clients disappeared because they are small business owners. They didn't know what was going to happen. So it's totally understandable. Yeah. But I ended up getting um, accepted to like a mentorship scheme, which was like amazing because I got um, paired with a design. I think she was, no, she was a creative director and she was based in Amsterdam. And we, we had like six or 12 weeks or something. And I was like, I need to build a website, but I hate, like hate everything that I currently have. Like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> and um, we basically went through like every single piece of work I'd ever done and like figured out that like putting it all into mock-ups and like there was like a theme for everything. And we managed to make it look hopefully quite co- like cohesive. Yeah. And then from then I've been like running because it was kind of like when I was being referred, I was getting the work because the the person that referred me was good friends with whoever they were referring me to. So it's like, no, she can do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you lose all of your clients because of a pandemic, you can't really email people and be like, I promise I can do this. Yeah. With like no website, like who's going to believe you? 
being a freelancer, like your portfolio is kind of like, is it's, it, it's almost like your reference from a bus. Do you know what I mean? It is. It's like, it's like your CV, everything. Yeah. And I had like a PDF portfolio, but it was, it was just not that great. So the website and working with the mentor was like a massive blessing. And I feel like that's where everything came together. And it's really funny actually that you say like my brand's quite solid because I constantly bang, like bang on to my clients about like, you need a brand style guide, you need your colors, you need like all your logos and stuff. And I put all of this stuff in place for all my clients, but my brand style guide is two hex codes written on my notes on my Mac. <laughs> and then the rest is like made up, like literally made, made up, like there's no brand. <laughs> yeah, I just like, and I suppose it's quite lucky that like I do have a design eye so I can just like make it up every time. Yeah. But there's, I have no brand style guide so I just don't tell my clients. <laughs> Fair enough, works for you. I'm glad it does, like I'm very, I'm glad you said that because I honestly feel like I'm winging it every single day. (laughs) I think anyone doing like freelance work, whether it be, I mean like with like collective culture, like the brand I kind of started last year, like, um, yeah, I, I still like every day question what I'm actually doing. I don't really know what I do. I mean, I wouldn't like, yeah I kind of just do projects with people I don't really know exactly what I do and I sort of yesterday I had to sit down with a notebook and write down every aspect of my brand and be like try and like stick it all together like try and work out what exactly it is I do but I guess like that's kind of that imposter syndrome isn't it it's thinking like why like why on earth am I doing this kind of thing yeah that kind of like I guess whenever you're doing something on your own you're always going to get that kind of imposter syndrome thing it's like why on earth am I doing this why don't I just go and do something normal yeah I completely agree. I'm so glad you said that though, because I had it in my head. I was like, oh, like business owners and people that are like doing their own thing must entirely know like exactly what it is that you're doing. But the more that I talk to people like you and other small mm-hmm. business owners or brand owners, every single person is like, I'm winging it. Like I have no idea. You could have like a 200 page business plan, but still everyone is clueless. Hi, Alex here again. Just a reminder to go over to our Instagram page at Collective Culture and give us a follow to keep up to date with all the exciting projects we're working on. Thank you. Last kind of thing I want to cover, just because I like asking people this question, because I've worked on loads of like terrible projects myself. What is the worst piece of work you have ever worked on, Sarah? So we were talking about this a little bit before and I was saying like, God, there's countless projects because I've done so many like different things to get to where I am now. And I'm sure like in 10 years, I'll look back and be like, what the hell was I doing that I'm currently doing? But probably the worst is um, during college and we would do, did you go to like art school or like any kind of like creative? When I left secondary school, I went to uh, college to study music and then uni to study music as well. So yeah, it was, yeah. Okay, because I feel like when you're like at um, college or university studying something creative, there's this like weird culture of being like, okay, you need to be like the weirdest version of yourself. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I need to stand up. You need to do like the most outlandish things that you could do just to get noticed or like to be the most original or whatever. Mm -hmm. And actually they end up being really bad. So in college I made... um, oh my god it's so bad my sister rang me the other day actually and told me that she still has these in her wardrobe and I was like burn them (laughs) um it's basically there was one dress that was like pastel themed and it was like and anyone that knows me knows like I live in sportswear so I don't know what or like where I was going with this but it was like a pastel dress with like a 
tutu and like <laughs> like lace up the front and then um like chiffon um I don't know what they're even called anymore like bell sleeve kind of things with like cuffs oh. and I had to like model it myself like on the runway because obviously like oh wow that's what we did back it was so bad, like, so bad. <laughs> and there was one as well that was like a newspaper dress and it was like a newspaper bodice with like basically a curtain attached to the bottom for like a skirt and it was so bad and I literally my my sister faced on a dish year probably about two weeks ago and was like I've still got them what do you want to do with them I was like please get rid of them let's never talk about that again (laughs) well thank you for taking the time to chat I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy freelance schedule and yeah we should have this episode out soon thanks Sarah amazing thank you so much